Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another uh, Spartan 160EN podcast. This is podcast number 30. Uh, we're getting up there in the numbers, boys. Uh, but anyways, let me introduce the panel re- real quick. Uh, Steph, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, but one today. And uh, but we'll talk about it. So I'm doing okay. I'm not doing great. I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Nando, how are you doing, bro? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Uh, I missed you guys the last time, and uh, just want to make sure I didn't miss it this time. And Spartan won. And, um, yeah, let's roll with it. Hey, man, if it means anything, we missed you too, bro. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, first topic of today's podcast, we'll get right into it. Um, it was the classic over on the weekend. Uh, Spartan tied nil-nil to Porto at home. Um, a game where we saw 45,000 back at the Stadio Avalad. Um, you know, a more positive sign than, than what we've seen for the most part this season. Um, but anyways, let's get to the starting 11. It was Renan Ribeiro and Net. We had Jefferson in for the uh, suspended Acuna. Uh, Mathieu Kouac and Bruno Gaspar. Uh, we had Bruno Fernandes, Goudel and Wendell in the midfield. With Nani, Bazdost and Diaby. And uh, substitutions of uh, Ristovsky at halftime for Bruno Gaspar, Petrovic, and Rafinha. Uh, Steph, I'll start off with you. What did you think of the game, bro? Well, the game basically uh, Kaiser changed uh, his philosophy. Uh, he played in a more defensive way. Um, and Sesh Conce sound the same thing. So both coaches didn't want to lose the game. It was set up to be a tie. Uh, very f- few chances from either side. We had a few chances. Porto had a few chances, but nothing significant. And um, the, the the result of, of, of a tie, it actually, um, it's it's deserving for both teams. Uh, I didn't see, like I said, the both coaches risking anything at all. Um, so I was expecting to see uh, a better game as far as chances of goals, but uh, aside from that, that one from uh, Usuarez where, where he missed the ball, and that's a good thing, don't get me wrong. Um, then we had a couple of shots from the outside the box that Kazilia was under control. Uh, Bajdos could have done better in a few chances he had, uh, but I'm not going to blame him. But um, And then that said, there's nothing much more to talk about the game and uh it's which which is a to me it's a normal result that sporting tied at home contra port of course i wanted sporting to win don't get me wrong but if we tag in sport and befica and even i would uh befica veo braga in in parents um then we would we we would have been maybe in first place if we didn't lose against tondela guimarães and uh so, we did the bare minimum against Porto, but you know what? At the end of the day, that's not why we're not going to be champions of Portugal. We're not going to be champions of Portugal because we're not winning against the smaller teams. But, again, about the game, the uh, the nil-nil, uh, if it's the, the, the final result, because neither team did much, and that's all I got. All right, fair enough. And, uh, Nando, what about you, bro? Yeah, man, it was, um, it, you know, it's, what is it, How 10 years now that Porto hasn't beaten Sport? 11. 11 now, right? At, yeah. at the Alvalade. 
So yeah. we've definitely had their number lately at Sporty Stadium. Um, and, and, you know, I'm just throwing that out there for, for those who are probably not aware. Um, a tie anytime against the big clubs is, is acceptable. No one can really truly be upset about it. However, for this game, I'm upset. For this game, I read a lot of tweets that I kind of sympathized with. For this game, I finished the game with like a weird sensation. I was, I don't know, man. It almost reminded me like Sporting had Pizzato back on the bench um, in a weird way. Like the, the any from the mentality of the game, from the lack of courage to go for a win, from the bad substitutions or substitutions made at a horrible time, there was a lot there that shocked me given the fact that, yeah, just like Steph said, we're not going to not be champions because we tied against Porto or tied at Benfica or even lost to Braga. It's because of the little games. However, we can very well position ourselves in a place now going into the start of the second ronda um, in a much more comfortable position. We wanted to go into this game being five back, potentially winning being two back, or at the very least be five back. That wasn't possible. So now we went into this game eight back. To, to Speaking the God honest truth, how I feel about the game, if we had lost Sofoda, it's 11 points back. I don't know how many Sportingistas truly, truly believe that Sporting is going to be champion this year. And I know that that's something that we all want, and I know that's something that that's all we care about. Realistically, right? However, we're in a position where we, we flirted, even with Pizzato as coach, we flirted with only being two points back or three or four, this and the other, and anything is possible. At eight points back, Porto has to now lose to Sporting. Assuming Porto doesn't choke up in other games and they lose to Sporting in the last game of the season and they lose to Benfica, maybe they even lose to Braga or maybe Guimarães, and we win everything, then we clear those eight points. But that's also assuming the Benfica and so forth and so on also choke. So it's very unlikely. So our only realistic opportunity was to win. And with the horrible substitutions, the lack of courage to go for more and to do more, that left me with a bad taste in my mouth. And I know it left a lot of Spartanistas with the same taste because I read the tweets. I read the commentaries on a ball and record. I heard the the guys follow on Antena 1 and TSF, Radio Renan Yeah, like the pundits. Yeah, dude. Like, it's just like, come on, Sporting. We played. It's like Kaiser went out there going like, guys, I'm going to I'm gonna show you that we're not going to lose. We're going to do our very best to not lose. But come on, you think Porto wanted to win? Like, Porto, sure, they want to win, but their main priority was not to lose. Our main priority is to win. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll say this before we get into more details about the match because I definitely want to get everybody's opinion in here on the substitutions and when they took place and who came in. But we all know that once Jaga contra os grandes, at home, you play to win. Away, you play to tie. And Sporting at home played not to lose. And that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. And Sporting and the coach had a great opportunity to show more and do more, and he didn't. He was satisfied with the draw. He even said it at the end of the game that he wasn't satisfied, that they wanted to do more, but the second half wasn't very well you know, played. So, yeah, man, like, come on, guys. We're already in a position that if we lose, we're 11 back. So for the, but if we win, you know, five points back, everything's possible again. But no, now we're eight. Mm-hmm. Still eight. It is frustrating. Yeah, I, I actually I, I agree with that same sentiment. I think um, the 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 lack of ambition that I, I can't even say the lack of ambition because 
to be fair to Sporting, we did control most of the, the possession. Um, or at least the, the more of the chances came our way. Um, I think that at the end of the game, it was like 51 to 49 in terms of possession. But there was definitely spells where um, Sporting was, was, you know, of 10, 15, 20 minutes. Sporting was pushing forward. Sporting was passing the ball along. Um, at least the impression was to me that we kept more of the possession. Um, and, and without a doubt, we had um, the most opportunities. I wrote, I jotted down, I made some notes after watching the highlights and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I counted four. And I'm not talking shots over the net. I'm not talking shots uh, blocked by a defender. I'm talking, you know, on target, clear-cut opportunities. We had four with Bazdost outside the out, outside the box, decides to shoot. Or he stays outside the box after uh, Jefferson does well with the ball getting past uh, Alex Tellez. Um, a Bruno Fernandes shot on net where Casillas had to go to his near post. A Gudeli shot off a free kick where, again, Casillas had to be had to be the experienced keeper that he is and, and push the ball over the uh, over the bar. And then a minute later, that Baz Dost, and this is the biggest thing that um, I'll, I'll be talking about, I guess, is the Baz Dost header that went to the side where, you know, it, maybe if it's against the Fadens, or, or uh, maybe not Fadens, but, um, you know, maybe if it's against the Shavs, uh, a fucking, you know, any other team in the league, he's scoring that nine times out of ten. But it seems like in big games... Against the against the Portus, against the Benfica, against the Bragas, um, he doesn't show up. And then you know, talking about opportunities, the only opportunity really that, that Porto had um, was the one that Steph mentioned earlier with a great save from Renan. But to be fair, like Steph said, Tikingu did miss the ball, um, and then after uh, there was a foul on top of, of Renan, luckily because I think it was Marega that had the had the ball um, inside our box, just a bit above. Um, so, I mean, if, if we look at opportunities, Sporting, I think Sporting definitely should have scored at least one of those, at least. Um, and, and we'll transition sort of to uh, my little issue here, and, and I want to gauge both of your opinions on this, um, is that Baz Dost is frustrating me when it comes to big games. Um, I, I think in, in Portugal, when we talk at least about the big three, he only has one goal, and that was a penalty against Benfica. Against Porto, he has zero goals. And then, like I was mentioning earlier, in the 45th minute, Jefferson does so well. We give Jefferson so much shit. He does so fucking well. Burns Alex Tellez is in the is in the box, just needs to cross it. And Jefferson, as much as we complain about him, he has a decent cross to him. What are you, Bazdos, what are you doing standing outside the box when you can easily make a run in and ping a header in? You have a foot for a head. What are you doing outside the box? And then, you know, you shoot that, and it's so tame to Casillas. Uh, uh, and then, again, the missed header. Any day of the week against another team, Bazdas scores that. So why is it? It must be a, psycho a, psych a psychological thing. And Steph brought it up, I think, two podcasts ago, and I couldn't – the more and more we play, the more I agree with him – is that in the transfer market, I think our, our greatest transfer our transfer would be a psychologist because when it comes to these big games, again, he doesn't he doesn't show up. He doesn't score. You're supposed to score that header, goddammit. How do you miss that from there, right in front of the net? Uh, Steph, I I'll pass it off to you because, um, you know, uh, you mentioned Bazdost earlier. Do, am I being harsh? Do I have a? Do I have? What do you think? Am I? You know? Do I have some point to be uh, upset, or is Bas Das not at fault here? 
No, no. Uh, even today against uh, against Fedez, uh, I know we're talking yeah. about the uh, the Clasico, but even today against Fedez, he had a, a perfect assist and uh, and uh, from uh, Acuna. Yep. And he missed it. He missed it uh, with his right foot. Uh, I think he's off sync. Well, I don't think he is off sync. I granted he scored a goal and he was he was cancelled by the fucking referee. I have no clue why. If that's a yeah. foul, but Nick Lajavenu, that's not a foul at all. But we'll talk about the fighting game in a little while. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, indeed. Um, you're not being harsh. Bas Dost, I think he's too comfortable. He has no no one to compete with him. But I think it's about to change. And uh, once we talk about fighting, you'll see what I mean. But yeah, I agree with you. Hernando, I'll also pass off the same question to you. Um, Bas Dost on big games, do we do we just not play him? Do we, um, or, or am I being too harsh on him? You're not being too harsh on him. I mean, the 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 fact of the matter is, you we have to play him because we don't have better. And I've said this, you guys know I've said this since at least I've started doing this with you guys, is we have no credible alternative. Today against Fidance, we brought in a guy that finally you know got some minutes. Um, but who is his alternative? We have no alternative. And Baj Dost doesn't have the clutch gene. For anybody who watches sports in the United States of America, they understand very well what I mean by clutch gene. He doesn't have that X factor in terms of like gets that one opportunity and scores. Let me put it this way. You, we all remember, I know I do because I love this guy, Mario Jardel. When that damn ball came to Mario Jardel, it was in the net. Oh, yeah. He didn't. Oh, yeah. He, he had two, three touches a game and scored two to three goals, and that's all he did at all times. Crosses, headers, whatever. Now, I'm not going to say that Bajdos is a Mario Jardel or isn't a Mario Jardel or whatever. I'm just trying to give it a comparison. And for many, 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 many games now, he has hesitated when he should shoot. He has passed when he should shoot. He has missed opportunities and vast majority of them is because he doesn't shoot it or he passes when he sh should shoot he, his job is to score i know for a fact that he's trying to be nice and helpful and you know hey look at my assist but for fuck's sake your job is to score i don't care how the ball goes in make it go in and i'm getting really aggravated and really tired seeing him miss and it's not just against big game big games Everything gets magnified. Everybody sees the little faults much bigger. However, this has been a psychological issue, like you said, for a very long time. And I don't think you change that. You can't change that as part of who he is as a, as a soccer player. Um, the only way we go about this is we get a credible alternative, someone who's going to make him sweat a little bit, someone who's going to make him have to think a little bit about whether or not he's going to lose his position. But we cannot bench him. We cannot replace him because we have nobody who's going to do a better job. I'm hoping that the guy we got from, uh, what was it, Basus that came in today um, shows something. Yeah. Uh, he is from Pas Freire, right? Yeah, yeah, Pas Yeah, yeah, so, so it's things like that, man. But, yeah, you're not being harsh. I'm pissed too. I've been pissed for a long time. And and the thing is, if you're going to fail, Basus, if you're not going to score, at least don't score not trying. Like, try to score. Try to rip one into the net. Do your best. But right now... We're up there, and we need to shoot the fucking ball, and we're not when he has an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I, listen, man. Uh, I like Baz Doss as much as the next guy, and, and 
I think we all like Bas Dost here, but um, the fact of the matter is when it comes to big games, um, <laughs> I'd rather – not injured, but I'd rather him, you know, be on the bench. I'd rather, you know – uh, I'd rather a different alternative, and we'll see if this Luis Philippe guy is that alternative, but we definitely need more because, like Steph was saying, uh, he is too comfortable. There's no other option. Aside from him, there's no other option. Um, uh, and, Nando, I'll, I'll throw this question off to you. What did you think of the substitutions? There was a lot of complaining about it on Twitter. Um, some of it, some people just, um, obviously not the Ristovsky um, substitution, but the Rafinha and, and then the Petrovic substitution was heavily criticized Rafinha coming in the 80th minute and then Petrovic not too long after. Um, what did you think of those, of those substitutions where was it to win the game? Was it to secure a result? Um, what were your thoughts? I think that the substitutions were horrendous. I think they were absolutely awful. The two that you mentioned, um, first off, I was watching the game. I was listening to it on the radio and I was following along on Twitter. So I had everybody's uh, take on it one way or another. And one of the guys that we all know, Avancada de Leon or whatever, who does uh, the yep. the 160 up in Europe, um, he was at the yeah, game, Pedro, yeah. and he was uh, tweeting live, and the guy was warming up. I think they confirmed it on the radio for, and I'm talking about Rafinha right now. Um, I think he warmed up for about 30, 30 something minutes. Like I think he started warming up right before halftime ended, and he only came in at the 81st minute. How long? Okay, so let me put it this way. First off, if I'm the player, I'm pissed off. I'm like, what? What am I doing? Like, how much more? How much more warming up do I have to do to be quote unquote ready to play 45 minutes at most? Because you know it's gonna end at 90 something minutes. First off, if I'm a player, I'm pissed off about that. Second of all, how much warming up do I have to do until the coach goes? I I think it's your turn to go in. He brings in Rafinha at the 81st minute. 81st for a guy who we have been pissed off at since he's been at Sporting. For a guy who doesn't know when to cross. When he does cross, it's horrendous. We all can think of at least one or two times that the guy was trying to cut in. And I don't know if it was a shot or a pass or what it was, but it went off to the side. It came, it literally became a lanzamiento lateral. Um, for a guy who doesn't know if he wants to go one-on-one, -on -one, if he wants to take a shot, if he wants to pass the ball. For a guy that the fans themselves have have already lost patience with, so psychologically the player's not going to be 100% in it because the fans won't allow it, and I can't blame them. And this is a guy, Rafinha, who the fans actually sympathize with, gravitate towards, like, like his raza, like his technique, like his skill set. Why is he coming in at the 81st minute in the game that Sporting has to win? Sporting does not have to tie. We have to win. Uh, if any, and I'm going to go back to that. If this, if the substitutions, Rafinha at 81, and then uh, what was it, Petrovic at the 90th? The Petrovic at the 90th, for fuck, fuck it. Like, I can come at it from the perspective of, you know what? I've given up a goal right here. We're going to just going to put this guy back there, and he's going to be a, 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 an emergency cone in the middle of the field, and he's just going to, you know, at least be awkward, and hopefully they don't go through him. That I can at least be like, okay, whatever. There's not a lot of time left. You know, at this point, I guess, really let's save a point, then lose it because we're really going to, you know, be that idiotic. But Rafinha should have come in, in my opinion, 65th minute, 70th at the latest. Let the man get his feet under him and let him do what he does best down that side. And those substitutions were substitutions of fear. They were substitutions of 
being completely complacent and completely satisfied with the bare minimum. The bare minimum was a tie. The fans didn't deserve it. It was probably the biggest house Sporting has seen this year. And the fans actually showed up. The choreography, the passion, the excitement, and the complete apoyo was there. And those substitutions let down a, a, a massive fan base. It let down um, people that are still hoping for a miracle. And those substitutions were a la Pizzeiro. They were very much his way of coaching. And that's why I was pissed off. And I am pissed off. That's why I pick up the phone and I called my dad immediately afterwards being like, what the hell is this? And you know what's funny? Is he's the mentality of o Sporting no perdeu. And that's a whole other topic if you guys want to talk about it before the podcast is over. But I'm tired of that, that small mindset now that is stuck at Sporting for years. And this is bullshit. We should not o Sporting no perdeu. No, we should be pissed at o Sporting no ganhou. And that substitution, those two substitutions, how they were for who they were and the time it took, uh, unacceptable in my opinion. Sorry about that. Uh, I was just on mute talking to myself. Uh, Steph, I'll ask you the same questions um, about the substitutions. Where Was it to – how did you see the substitutions? Do you agree with them, disagree with them? Uh, give me your two cents as well. Well, the substitutions were way too late. Uh, I would have done Rafinha uh, and Giovanni on the left, Rafinha on the right much earlier. I mean – from what I understand and from what I heard, uh, uh, Rafinha broke a sweat while warming up. You know, he warmed up like for 23 minutes or something. So when he got into the game, he, he had no chance to. And maybe he wouldn't have uh, had any impact, but we'll never know. If he came in, um, if he came in earlier, I think um, I think he would have done something differently more. More in, uh, it would scare Porto uh, a lot more, especially when uh, Alex Tells dropped and for some odd reason. But uh, th we could have taken advantage of that. And uh, I would have taken off Nani. Nani wasn't playing shit. And I would have put in Giovanni. I have no clue what Kai why Kaiser didn't, didn't do the substitution much earlier. All I can think of, and I, and I like, uh, agree with Nando, it's because he was he was scared, and the tie was good enough. And in the end, that's what happened. We tied the game when we needed to win. I agree with that statement because we eight points behind, and we still eight points behind, and three behind Befica and two behind Braga. Let's not forget we're in fourth place. That's why when I saw the tweets on. Uh, on Twitter, saying, Temos que levantar a cabeça. Pois temos que levantar a cabeça. O Porto está lá em cima. Forçosamente, temos que levantar a cabeça. But that's what I got to say. Yeah, the substitutions were way, way, way too late. Too late. It's like... Tu inventas cada um, Steph. No, não. Estou a falar com os meus pais. Anyways, guys. My last question, really, on the classic, really... Steph, you sort of brought it up, but uh, I'll ask it again anyways. Is a draw for a result for what we did? Uh, Steph, I'll start it off with you and then go to Nando. Yeah, I mean, uh, the draw, we didn't, we didn't do shit. We didn't play uh, Kaiser ball. We played Pizzeto ball. Um, it's not just because Nando said it. It's because many people said it. it, it we went back to Pizzeto uh, era. And uh, 
And that's what happens. I mean, this game we had to win to get closer to Porto. Because I think he was afraid to go out in casa. So, meaning that he doesn't trust this team. Because the, the way he plays, Kaiser, which I like it, your midfield has to, can't can miss so many passes. Because then he'll generate counterattacks against our team. And then our back line, we're not that fast. And he exposes us too much. So he, he dropped a lot. He, he dropped it. The, blo the block, instead of being high pressure, was low pressure. And jogamos cagados, comidos, pronto, em casa. And the tie, it's what it is. We deserve the tie. That's it. Não merecemos mais que isso. Acabou. And that's all I got to say. Fair enough. And uh, how about you, Nando? Draw fair result or? Yeah, the, the, the result is fair. Sporting didn't deserve to win. Porto didn't deserve to win. They both had a couple opportunities, like Steph mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that could have, to me, Porto's uh, opportunity was much more flagrant. It was much more, like, I can't believe you missed that than any Sporting had, but I can accept a tie, no problem. Um, but it's, it's a disrespect to the fan base. It doesn't bode well for the coach. If you're a guy who wants to show Serbisu, you came in, you had your win streak, and then you had a couple bad results. The fans are still kind of, you know what, we believe in you, and here's an opportunity to turn it around and save this season, literally save this season in terms of uh, at least Campionato's uh, side of things. Um, and like Steph said, he was scared. He is – I'm pissed off about it. Um there's no reason why, and I know that majority, if not all, Spartanistas. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say all because I know my dad's one of the the, the older farts that think whatever. But he he could have, should have attempted to go for the win, and I think players themselves will probably tell you the same if we were to ask them in this kind of setting, because they had to win. They had no choice but to win. It's actually kind of disrespectful if you think about it that Porto, after winning all these games in a row, are completely content with coming to Sporting and just tying. That just shows how comfortable they are in the position they are at the at the league standings right now to finish the Primera Ronda. Um, it's that mentality that needs to leave Sporting. I don't know if it's bruxeria. I don't know what has to happen. I don't know if people need to start believing in all gods. But... It has to leave, and the coach took a page out of Pizzetto's book, and he was okay with it. I'm not okay with it. Fair. I, I agree. I agree with what both of you said, though. I'll I'll disagree a little bit on 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 the Kaiser part, though. I, I do agree. We were more cautious this day. Um, we we had to be. It is Porto, and we are leaky at the back. Um, I don't know. I I think if if Baz Dost. If he scores one of those opportunities, if, if, if one of those opportunities goes in, um, I think it's a different story. But though I do agree with you, because um, later, like we started off the game playing Kaiser ball, um, but as it went on, we saw less, less and less of that. But um, um, yeah, I'll agree with with you guys as well. The, the draw is the fair result. I mean, we, we had enough chances to score and we didn't, and, and that's what happens. Um, anyways, uh, let's move on to the game from today. Uh, Tasa Portugal. We beat uh, Ferenc 2 0, um, though it should have been 3. Um, our starting 11 was uh, Salen and Net, um, Acuña, Quach, Mathieu, and Ristovsky with Wendell, Gudel, and Bruno Fernandes, Nani, Bazdost, and Rafinha up top. Um, Steph, I'll pass it off to you. What did you think of the game? 
the game, we dominated the game in the first half completely. Uh, I think three days, uh touched the ball just a few few times. Like I could count it with my hands maybe two or three times. In the second half, it was a little bit more divided, but we still had control of uh, uh, when the Fadens could have scored. And then the sideline was there to save the day. But, you know, uh, I'm not expecting uh, Sporting to be perfect for 90 minutes. Uh, that's an unrealistic goal. Uh, but for, for 90, 95% of the time of the games, Sporting played much better, com mais garra, com mais vontade, com the way I want to see Sporting play. If we let, let me put it this way, if we play the way we played today, and every game, nine out of ten, and I'm saying nine out of ten because you know you could play as well as you want. There's certain days the balls don't just don't go in. So, but today you saw a different Sporting. You saw a, a players being humble. Playing, uh, players hustling, players going back and forth, going for the 50-50s, winning the balls, controlling the balls, being more cautious with their passes. We lost less balls today. And that's how you win games. That's how you control games. And that's how you, you, me as a fan, I like to see my team play. So the question for me is, to, to everybody out there, what's going on? Where's the consistency? How can we play an amazing game like today and like on Saturday against Mureirense? Let's see how it's going to be. But today we, we were fucking amazing. Uh, the MVP was Fedense's goal, uh, goalkeeper. That guy pulled some amazing saves. Um, Salah as well, but Fedense's uh, goalkeeper. I mean... If, uh, if the final score would have been 6-2 in our favor, of course, that that would have been fine, too. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like the attitude of the players. It's com completely 180-degree uh, turn. Uh, we needed a game like today. For now, I want consistency. I want the next game against Mureirense in Casa being the same way. We, scored, we could have scored a lot more goals, but we didn't. Like you said, it should have been three nothing. If that's a foul, I hope he, the same referees when they when they when they uh, do other games against other opponents, they call the same plays as well. Not only against Sporting, yeah, because that was that was very light, very light. When I saw him canceling that goal, I was like, holy shit. I had to look at the replay and, and, and try to figure out what he's seen because I couldn't see it, man. Anyway, sorry, Steph, continue. It's cool. No, no, it's fine. You can, a podcast was supposed to interact with each other. For sure, for sure. He saw, he saw the left, the, uh, Bastos left, left arm, no, 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 uh, shoulder, good face up. Yeah, but. But, I mean, the guy's got to move his arm. He, he can't cut it off for the last minute. Yeah, it, 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 you see from when he jumps, it's not like he's jumping and holding his shoulder down. He's jumping and then his hand is there, you know? So exactly. it's not super harsh, super harsh. His arm is, is along his shoulder, but he's not using it for leverage. Yeah, it's not like he's stopping him from jumping. Exactly, yeah. You could see it. So yeah. the referee uh, is a piece of shit, and we know that. 
Yeah, verissimo, man. It's, uh, he got away with ridiculous. that quote because they always, he got, they always get away with it. But anyway, uh, yeah. today was the kind of game that he gave you the feeling it's a matter of time before we scored because we played that well. And it happened. Yeah. Two amazing goals, by the way. Wendell, what a, what a shot off of the flexion of uh, the, the defender. But nevertheless, even Great if goal. it didn't deflect, even if it didn't deflect off the defender, I think it would have been an extremely hard save for the goalie. Uh, but the deflection definitely helps to to be on the top angle, and then that that that, that bazooka from uh, Bruno Fernandes outside the box. Wow, what a goal, man! I mean, yeah. two beautiful goals, and that that's all I gotta say. Sporting deserved to win two nothing. Should have been more. Should have been maybe five two, six two. Fidens also created the you know a couple chances, but hey, we in we in the semifinals against Benfica. And I believe the first one will be on a Wednesday, on the uh, on the sixth, I believe. Um, so we're gonna have like uh, two derbies back to back on uh, on the third yeah. February for the twentieth round of the championship, and then on, on the sixth. But, yeah, yeah, we're we're getting into that stuff. You're jumping a little too ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That's it. That's all I gotta say. No, no worries, no way. I'll, I'll just quickly give him my two cents before throwing it off to, to Nando real quick as well. I, I agree with you, Steph. I think, um, listen, if we played the, the way we played today against Tondela, we don't lose the match. Uh, because against Tondela, we lacked, a, we lacked um, being aggressive. We lacked fighting for, for those 50-50 balls. Um, whereas today, today, they went in with everything. Um, and, and really, that's all I got to ask for. Because like you said, Steph, if it finished, I won't even be too generous to give them two. But you know what? If it finishes 6-2, that's way more fair than 2-0. Than 2-0, nothing. Um, nothing, a good result, but what should have been could have been a good 4-5-6-0. Um, because yes, Salen did help us out, but one, that's what a goalkeeper is for. Uh, and two, um, Bazdost, again, two, two you know, great opportunities to score. In the 43rd minute, um, he had a, I'm trying to rewind it. I wrote it on my notes here. Oh, he had a, a, a header, um, went straight to the keeper and then the follow-up, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, put it past him. Uh, and then in the 50th minute, um, great work from Matilj and, uh, from Matilj, from Mathieu and Acuna, Acuna with the perfect ball across the, uh, across the box. And all Bazdos has to do is inkustar. All he has to do is tap it in and it goes wide. Um, I don't know how. Um, so yeah, like I said, if this game finished four, five, six nil, it would have been way more fair than this two nil. Um, anyways, um, uh, um, Nando, I'm gonna throw it off to you. What are your What are your thoughts on the game? I know you can see a lot of it because you were at work, but from the highlights and and what you've and what you've read, uh, what did you think of the game? And then I'll I'll throw off this question to you. Um, again, with Bazdos missing missing two sitters today. He did score a goal that got wrong, I think, in mine and Steph's eyes, that got wrongfully uh, called off. But um, do you think maybe next game he should sit out for Luis? Or or um, what do you think about that? Anyways, Nando, thoughts on the game? Yeah, so uh, like I told you, I, I didn't have the opportunity to watch the game. I was at work. I did get a chance to follow along, and I was reading the commentary. I did see the highlights. I saw the goals. First off, the goals are fantastic. Um, you know, as good as they come, both of them, one with finesse, one with power, 
Um, beautiful goals. Uh, the Wendell one actually has a lot of power too to it, but but obviously the way he bent it. Um, the team played well, uh, extremely well. Great response, just like Steph said. I hope we see that carry over to the next game. It's these types of games and these types of situations that Sporting needs to assert themselves and dominate. I was a little bit worried that Sporting was going to end up having a little scare there because in Tasa games, if you don't get that goal in and the clock keeps running, then you have a situation like the Porto game where you're going to overtime and then anything can happen. So, you know, that lingered in the back of my mind, but luckily for us, it didn't happen. Now, Bajdash's goal, in my opinion, that's bullshit. Uh, no way is that a foul. So that was, you know, bullshit taken away. Um, in terms of what you just asked me, if Bajdash should come off, no. But I do think that Sporting or Kaiser in, in this regard should look into giving um, – giving, I uh, forget his name, uh, the guy from Pasos that, that we just got – um, an opportunity to play more minutes next game. If Bajdash isn't playing well, let's say he does play well and scores a couple goals, it's time to get him out and get this guy in. Um, but Bajdash needs someone to come in and replace him, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. But other than that, team played well, extremely well, and it's a, it's a well-deserved win. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, Steph, I'll throw this next question off to you. Um, who's your man of the match today? Uh, before I get into uh, a few more, uh, actually, uh, scratch that, Steph. So today, um, Kaiser after the game, he uh, he said that this was his our best performance uh, since he's come to the team. Um, do you agree with that, Steph? Um, no, of course not. I've seen better performances in the Europa League, and um, um, I think I, I I will agree with him. It's the best performance out of the last four games? Yes. Um, because against Guimarães, nos ganhamos uma merda. Against Tondela, nos ganhamos uma merda. Against Porto, we already spoke about it, we played cagados. And, and today, we, we played against uh, uh, an opponent that we we had to win and we won because we better team we have a better budget and that's what people need need to realize because every time we we lose against a team like like Tondela epa o Tondela é uma equipa boa lá em casa é uma equipa perigosa and then and then Tondela just lost against Chaves two one so as Sporting com Portugal if we if we want to uh, to to be champions of Portugal, we have to win against the small teams. If we don't, we'll never be. And that's why we struggled for 17 years, exception for that one year that we got the 86 points. That I believe that a year of certeza absoluta. But you know, um, yeah, and that that that's all I gotta say, Danny. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry, I, I lost you guys for a second there. Um, sorry. Uh, Nando, I'll, I'll throw the next question off to you. Um, Salant had a, had a great game today. Um, I think this is our second time facing Portuguese opposition. I mean, it was two weeks in the I guess it was back-to-back -back games. Renan had the first one against Porto. Now Salant had this one against Ferenc. Uh Our next game, who, who do you start, Salant or Renan? Because... Uh, to be fair to Salah, he, he's been he's been 
um, really good this year. Um, so up to you. Who would you start if you were Kaiser? Given, given the fact that we obviously are, are lacking a solid goalkeeping option, you got to go with the hot hand. And if the most recent game was Salon, then we got to go with Salon again until something happens. This is not the time of the year where we need to start giving minutes to players that need to, you know, rudar or whatever. Like Salah, we've seen what he did last year. Renan, we've seen already what he's done this year. To me, neither are a goalie of the future of Sporting. So in this case, given the fact that Renan played today and he did a, you know, he did well, um, even though he wasn't really called into many opportunities or into action, you got to start him again next game because going forward. We're playing games that are going to decide titles, whether that's Tasa de Portugal or Tasa de Liga, whether that's how far we go in Europa um, or even um, Campeonato. But it's time to pick a guy, stick with the guy, and give that guy your full confidence. And that's only going to help us as a team and him as a player. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Agreed. And, uh, Steph, my next question off to you is, is similar to that, only two different players. Um, I think personally, Ristovsky had a good game today, but I also do think that um, Bruno Gaspar hasn't been as bad as maybe people have been has have been giving it to him for. So, so Steph, next if if both are healthy, um, who do you start, Ristovsky or Bruno Gaspar? Or I'll even take it a step further. If if maybe you don't feel both of them good enough, do you think we should maybe go into the transfer market for a right back? Uh, I think um, uh, Ritovsky today played a, a really good game. Um, defensively, he's better than Brun Gespar. Uh, offensively, Brun Gespar is slightly better, but today Ritovsky was right on. Mm -hmm. I like his performance a lot. If he wasn't one of the MVPs, uh, if he wasn't the MVP, he was close to it, uh, I would play him because Brun Gespar came to Sporting as his backup. So let's not forget that Vitovsky got hurt, but he's back in shape. Uh, today he showed it. Most definitely I would play, I would play Vitovsky without hesitating. All right, fair enough. Uh, Nando, I'll throw off the same question to you because I know maybe both of us want to throw in our two cents on this. Vitovsky or Bruno Gaspar or transfer? Vitovsky um, has been my... Uh, preferred right back option. I think I've gathered that most fans tend to prefer him. He's just a little bit more solid on everything he does. And then keep Brun Gaspar as his backup and then wait to the offseason and see what happens. I mean, if the money's there, so be it. But Hrstovsky went healthy, better player, better option, uh, much more consistent in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I'm actually going to agree with both of you. Uh, I've, I think Hrstovsky is a better right back. Um, though, again, like I said, I, I do like Bruno Gaspar. Um, to be honest, I think they're both good options for us. Um, maybe defensively, there are no Piccini, to be fair. Um, but uh, good options, nonetheless. I'm, I'm a big fan of both of them. Um, and lastly, on this Tasa Portugal topic, on Rumoir uh, Jamor, um, Steph mentioned it earlier. I'll, I'll repeat it real quickly. Uh, now for the semifinals, um, the, the other one will be Porto against Braga two-legged affair, and then it's going to be Sporting against Benfica, two-legged affair. Um, we play them on the league. The, the, the Liga actually confirmed it today. 
uh, I, not too long ago, a few hours ago, really. Uh, February 3rd, we played them for the league. And then February 6th, um, though, I, though the date might change, but February 6th is another Tasa Portugal game. And then, so in the span of a week, we play Benfica twice. And then obviously the second leg is going to be played in April, uh, expected around April 3rd. Um, Steph, I'll throw it off to you before I, before I ask Nando. Um, what are your thoughts? What's your prediction preview? What are you expecting? They also just got a new coach. Um, how have you seen Benfica in the, la in, in the last few games with, with uh, Bruno Lage? Um, I haven't seen uh, none of the games. I don't really make an effort to watch Benfica games. Fair enough. Uh, I work for a living, but there's a reason yeah. why. I'm not, I'm not up on weekends. If I was up on weekends, I, w I would most likely watch it. I, I don't do it uh, purposely. It's my, I have rotating days off. Like I'm off, for example, tomorrow and Friday. So today I had to be creative and I watched the game on my, um, on my phone, the, the sporting, um, sporting. But I'm certainly not going to do it if it's Befico uh, uh, Porto because I'm not going to screw my lunch for those games. <laughs> it's that simple. I'm going to Mali too, Oh, meu, I screw, my, I screw my lunch for sporting. You know, I'll, I'll be watching the game while, while eating and shit. Uh, but, you know, um, I think it's going to be – Bifika, from, from, what I, from what I see, I, I, I at least watch the, the highlights. They, mm -hmm. They've been playing uh, well, uh, and, and that's normal because it's a new coach. Uh, even though uh, it's a uh, coach in Torino, he's been in the club for a long time. But with new ideas and um, – And the players, I believe they feel a little bit more freedom, a certain of them. Juan Felix, I think, is an amazing young player. It's not because he's a, a, a Benfica player that I'm not going to say, admit to it. You know what I mean? He is a yeah, great yeah. player. They, too bad he's from Benfica. I wish he was at Sporting. But, you know, we can have all the good players. Benfica also has and Porto and so on. And um, uh, Stefanovic. He's, uh, he's been playing great, too, scoring goals. So, you know, it had something to do with Rui Vitória being, being hard-headed with uh, his tactics and, uh, and uh, his way of talking to players or how he, he practices. Because now with this new coach, uh, they, they're playing with more freedom, uh, happier, and, uh, and, and good for them. Uh, we, we felt the same way. A couple of weeks ago, when Kaiser came along, and then things changed a little bit, and and um, you know, to the Benfica friends, it's going to happen the same thing to them. Um, so because now, even though the coach is playing in a different way, different tactic, um, the coaches in Portugal they're very smart, and and they they watching those games. And now they realize that, but I, if he can talk a little different, and uh, the the coaches in Portugal will adapt to it, and and uh, and sooner or later, if he will have a hard time, which they did in, in the Taça Portugal against Guimarães, they only won one nothing. Yeah. Um, and, and guess who scored? João Felix. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. Uh, I, I foresee Sporting against Benfica to be very interesting. A derby is a derby. Don't matter who's playing well. Don't matter, don't matter who's playing bad. It, it doesn't matter. It's it's one of those games at Tripler. You know? 
So yeah. I, I hope Sporting wins all the three derbies against Benfica because we're going to play them three times. Yep. Uh, we tied the first game at home uh, in Pot- the lose one one. Potentially even four it. if if we both go through the Tasa de Liga final. Exactly. Potentially. potentially yeah, potentially four. So if I had to pick to lose one game, I would say perder um jogo da taça de meio final da taça Portugal 1-0 e depois ganhar 3-0 na outra segunda mão. But let's say if somebody told me which game would you lose? Uh, taça Portugal 1-0 e ganhar o outro 2-0 e ganhar a final na, na taça da Liga e ganhar em, em casa mm. para o campeonato final. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way I would take a defeat. But of course, uh, me, I want all victories, of course. But, you know, okay. uh, it's going to be great games. It's imp- it's impossible to at this point in time to say oh, Sporting is the upper hand of Benfica. Uh, because yeah. there's, no, there's it, no such thing they play against each other. There's no such it's thing. still a long way away as well. So, yeah. And that's it. Fair enough. Fernando, what about you? Thoughts, previews, predictions? Uh Anything you want about the the upcoming, like we said, three, but the, especially the back to back Benfica games. Hey man, the back to back that's that's what we're here for, right? I mean, we hate those guys. We don't ever want to yeah. lose to those people. Um, so I'm here for that, man. I'm excited for that. Fuck it, let's let's play. You know, ten times in a season if I could. Like that, that's fun. That's exciting, and at least that gets the emotions and the heart rate up. Um, and that's always what what stops the country. Uh, any given time that they're playing. Now it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting because the f- because I think that if, like you said, the times aren't changed, so we play the first game for the Campeonato, obviously at home, um, and then we play away, I think, for the first leg. Yeah, um, I think so as well, yeah. So with that being said, it's going to be interesting because however that first result is, you would think it, from that point forward, it becomes a chess match, right? Because we play them again then, then we play them again a few months later for the second leg at home. We potentially play them again uh, for the uh, Tasa de Liga. Um, so you would you could potentially have us, uh, like you said, well, play them five times in one season? Tasa de Liga. Well, yeah, five times in one season, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but Tasa right? de Liga is first. Yeah, because we yeah, play – yeah. The, but that's the, if. Well, who knows? Right. I mean, yeah, because they play Porto for that. We play Braga. Exactly. When, yeah. when, when we got, if we if we win against Braga, uh, Braga, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. If we <laughs> win against Benfica B, B, B and we and we reach the final, then uh, on the 26th, which is a Saturday, we play the of January. That's when we play the final. Way before the 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 third of February and the sixth of February. Mm. Right. So I mean, but um, but at the end of the day, if that were to happen, we then that would be what five times against them this season. Yeah. 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 So so yeah, I mean, we it's going to be a chess match here, going back and forth. I think that if there's a perfect time to play them, it's now, given the fact that I'm not. I've seen a little a little bit of them play. I saw them play a little bit against Guimarães. They played well in the first half, second half. They played reserved. Um, just like you said, I don't go out of my way to watch them. If I got nothing better to do, so be it. So I can see if they lose, but. <laughs> the uh, the the thing is, I I don't I don't think that this guy like uh, what was it, Danny? I think you um you tweeted something about how ridiculous the Portuguese media is being right now about the hashtag #lajball or whatever. Uh, not that they're being ridiculous. It is I ridiculous think that they're that they're v- being very 
like they want to be us a bit because well, you know how it is man. In, exactly lodge hashtag lodge ball like if anything ball they're talking about sorry they're talking about the goals that they scored and conceded like yeah. we weren't doing the same with kaiser but the, it's just, the difference is the different sorry one one more second the difference is uh, Laz is Portuguese and Kaiser's foreign, or else it would never be the same. Of course, anyway, and sorry. something good happens to sport, then you know the media is going to turn around and look for a way to turn it to Benfica. But I'm saying is I don't, I don't suddenly think that this new guy, who's only, the only reason why he's their coach, is because they couldn't find anybody else. Uh, no, that's not that. No, that's that's not. That's come on, you know Benfica tried uh, everybody. I they mean, tried the, Mourinho really hard. I think, I think they put all said, their chips into Mourinho. Yeah, the president literally said, "Opa, so, so if you're Lage, you're gonna and not to give too much time to those guys, but if you're Lage, you're like, well, yeah. shit, I obviously wasn't the first or second or choice, probably even the third choice. I, I just so happened to be the choice because there was nobody else that they got." And uh, at the yeah. end of the season, the, I, I, I don't believe that he'll stay. To, to I, be I, fair, to be fair, he won his place. He was an intern. He he won the three games, so he won his place. To be fair, I think if Tiago Fernandes maybe had done the same, or if at least he showed us something that you know when he when he took over after Pizzato, we might have potentially been in the same situation. But to be to give credit to Laj, Laj has been a decent a decent manager through his career. Where Tiago Fernandes failed as a, at the B team. Laj was doing really well with Benfica's B team, so mm. to be, to, I'll, I'll give him that little bit of credit. But um, I agree with what you were saying a bit. Yeah. I think they they definitely threw all their chips into Mourinho. Luis Vieira was even saying that money's not an issue for Mourinho. Instead of having a twenty-five man squad, I'll have a twenty-man squad if if that if the case if that's the case. And then they couldn't get their guy. So I think now with Laj winning, it gives them a, an excuse to maybe plan for for next season a new manager or whatever. But. Um, but yeah, that's that that that's my that's my yeah. thought process. If if, if we're gonna go like you know predictions and stuff like that, you know, Tasa Portugal, anything can happen. That's the whole mm -hmm. nature of the of the of the competition. Um, you know, win one game, lose another. You know, anything can happen. You can still qualify. Campeonato is going to be interesting to see how they play it because if if they played on the third, Befica is ahead of Sporting right now, right? I mean, well, let me see real quick. What are they? Thirty eight. We're thirty five. So again, we yeah. have to win. But they also have to win if they want to keep pace with Porto. How much? How much are either teams going to go at it, knowing that they'll play each other right again around the corner? You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. It's gonna for me the Tessa Portugal or for the Campeonato. It's a must-win game. I know we're gonna get into predictions shortly, but it's a must-win game. They got to beat them, especially given the fact that we didn't take care of business against Porto. Um, and then the Tessa Portugal, it might be more strategic. You know, a, a tie, not a problem. Uh, even if you lose with goals, that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, anyways, I, I, uh, that's enough about Benfica. This is a Spartan podcast. I don't want to be talking about those scum. <laughs> um, anyways, I'll, I'll move over to uh, transfer transfer news and rumors before ending it off with Mudalidaj. Um, Steph, I'll, I'll shoot this next question off to you, and it's a two-part question, so so Nando will, will take my next one. But um, Acuna potentially going to Zenit for twenty million. Um, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Steph? I would I would up it. Uh, I'm okay yeah. to, uh, to to sell him. I would prefer summertime because, uh, as you saw today against Fidesz, he's got con He never gives up on any play, and he goes back and forth. And uh, something that Jefferson doesn't do. Um, well, even though against Sport he played well, Jefferson, he, he lacks some consistency. So if we're gonna, 
if we're going to sell Acuna, our scouting department, they better have a good alternative. Uh, but I would sell them for 25, 30 million. Then it's got money, so screw them. Let, let, let them pay up. Um, but really fast, I wanted just to give my two cents. Mourinho is never an option for Benfica. Everybody knows that. That was the media fucking doing it. Anyway, and it, it becomes difficult for a team to hire a coach when in the midseason when it's not uh, their team. Uh, a lot of coaches would love to, to, to coach a club like Benfica Sporting in Porto. But, you know, that's all I wanted to say. I don't think they're struggling to get a, a coach. It's just it's, it's midseason. It's basically for a, a coach to, to grab a team like that. But going back to the transfer, for $25 million, I would sell Acuna. Uh, if I know for sure that we have a good alternative. That's it. Yeah, fair. And, and that, that's a perfect segue. That goes to my second part question. I'll, I'll shoot it off to, to Nando. And, of course, Steph, chime in if, if you want. Um, of the four options that have been late, uh, that have been rumored in the transfer market, um, we have Christian Borja of uh, of Toluca. Um, damn, I had his stats here, and it all went down. Um, but we had Christian Borja, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he started most games for for Toluca in Mexico. I believe he has three or four um, uh, assists from from left back. Uh, I'll check that in a second, but um, we have Kevin Borja. We have, or sorry, Christian Borja. We have Kevin Rodriguez, um, Portuguese or under twenty. Or, or no, actually, he just uh, played for the senior team. Uh, Portuguese international, um, uh, coming towards the end of his contract with with Sociedad, but I think Sociedad are asking for a, a little too much. Um, as of recently, we have Guilherme Aranha of uh, Sevilla, um, a youngster. 21 years old, Brazilian, really promising, looked really good in, uh, in, in the Brazilian league. Uh, he looked decent last year when Sevilla bought him, but he's sort of fallen out of favor um, over at Sevilla. And then, of course, we have Fabio Quintrão of Riwav, who we all know too well, and, and I think a lot of us wanted him in the summer. Um, so, again, Christian Borja, Kevin Rodriguez, Guilherme Aranha, Fabio Quintrão. Um, what do you think of these four names? And if you can – if you – can pick one. Who would you pick? Yeah, well, in regards to those four, man, the one I'm definitely going to pick and jump all over is Fabio Quintron. At least, il conheço os cantos a casa. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he should never left. If Quintron was still there, then Acuna would be playing a whole different position. And, uh, you know, we would have had a whole different dynamic that we haven't had ever since he left. Um, so I would definitely jump on that. I would have even said that we... I'm really disappointed that we lost out to um, uh, the guy from Shavs that went to Mexico. Um, exactly, like like your your Canadian boy, right? Yeah, my Canadian guy. Yeah, so 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 that that bugs me. You know, that bugs me that we lost that guy out to to a team in Mexico. Um, and I think that Sporting does like they need to get a guy like Quintron. Um, the other guys, I'm not sold on any of them, honestly. My my chips are all in Quintron. That would allow us to, like Steph said, uh, if we have a good alternative to selling, um, um, uh, God dang it! Now I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Acuna. Acuna thank you. Yeah. Um, that that would be the perfect example, right? So if we can bring in Quintron, we suddenly have a more than credible alternative to Acuna. 
uh, that would fix so many problems. It would open up him to be sold. It would allow him to play further up, and we can go down the list of all the pros and very little cons. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Steph, I'll actually I'll, I'll ship it off to you as well. Do you agree with Nando? Uh, would you also go with Cunha or of the other three names? Um, who would you pick? Again, Christian Borja, he had uh, – I just seen it here. He had uh, a goal uh, – in the Apertura season for Mexico, a goal and three assists um, at left back. So um, anyways, yeah. What are your thoughts on the four names listed? I would definitely, if you want immediate impact, like now yeah. for, this, for the remaining of the six months, it has to be Fabio Coentrão. He knows Sporting. He knows the Portuguese league. He, he has high quality. He's been playing midfield in the Riwab. So now he's a Elsgado Polyvalent. He, 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 that was his vision, vision of position. It was midfield until JJ uh, put him in uh, in the left back position. Yeah. So he he can do two two positions. At, you know. Uh, so definitely, if you want immediate impact, it will be Fabio Trau is much more healthier now, more than even last year. He's full of confidence. He began his uh, mojo. Uh, I like Kevin Rodriguez, but he's still developing. So it's, he's not a solution, an, an immediate solution. For that, I would uh, promote uh, uh, Thierry, uh, our our youth that that's playing the under twenty three, and I would have him as a as his backup. Then I, I would get definitely five coin round. We have a good relationship with Riwav. Five coin round. Recently said que um Sportingista de Gema e queria que o Sporting fosse campeão nacional. So, so we know he's going to give it all. We know that. And, uh, th yeah, th that's my take on it. O Fábio Coentrão é um belíssimo jogador que cheio de experiência e conhece bem os árbitros, conhece bem os, uh, todos, todos os estados em Portugal. We would only have to gain. These experiments, expensive ones as well, we're going to get this, uh, como é que chama o gajo? Borra, borrado, borra. Borra? That's one of them. Aí, o borrado, for four million. Yeah, it's an expensive one. It's an expensive it's one. It's expensive. I mean, we're talking about our club is broke. We owe money to racing. They just complain, complain to FIFA. Yeah. So, so, look for an alternative in the Portuguese league. Someone that's playing in a in a club like Riwab, Guimarães, uh, Ubragas, I mutucado, uh, teams that they're playing so so and they have uh, good alternatives, and I think the best fit would be definitely, definitely, I agree with Nando one hundred percent. Ufabuquintrão. Yeah, you know what? You guys have sort of convinced me of Quintrão. Um, though, I, from what I, I was seeing of the stats, Christian Borja looks decent, but like you were saying, too expensive. We don't have that much money. and um, But listen, if, if I had to pick any of the four on the list, I know it's a recent rumor, but this Guillermo Reina kid, he can fucking play. I, I, I would watch him in the past. I, I watched him play for Sevilla. Um, I don't know why he's falling out of favor, but if, if there is an opportunity to sign him I, I, for a decent price, I, I wouldn't mind Acuna going. But like you said, 20, 25, 30 mil would be perfect. Um Nando, I'll throw this next one off to you. Luis Neto, potentially coming on a free next season. Uh, he's at the end of his contract. Uh, I'll read you his stats real quick. He has 17 total appearances this season. 
zero goals, zero assists, but he is a center back. He has eight yellow cards, um, a 90% successful passing rate, and he completes about 5.8 long balls per game, wins about 2.6 aerial duels per, per game, wins about 2.2 tackles, uh, 1.8 interceptions. Um, so that's basically two interceptions per game. And uh, who scored? The the website gives them about a 7, uh, 7.05 out of 10 rating. Um, he is 30 years old, Portuguese international. I think we are all familiar with Luiz Neto. Um, good signing, bad signing, average signing. What do you think? Um, uh, that's tough. Um, average signing with the potential to be a better signing. Um, he has experience. He's had some good moments. Um, I would have preferred, even though he's older, I would have preferred a Pep or something like that for the short term. Um, but you know, obviously he went to Porto and he's probably a lot more expensive. Um, it could be a good signing because there's rumors that Jeremy Mathieu might leave. I mean, you know, either at this transfer market or at the end of the season. And we have had issues at the center back position. Uh, he's only 30. He can, I think that's what what I think he is 30. Yeah, he is. I, I think he still has obviously, you know, four to five more years to play. So it could turn into a good signing if he has the right mindset and if he's not going to Sporting just to get paid and to just chill out for the rest of his career. We've seen him play for the Portuguese, uh, you know, Slesong. We've seen him play most recently, what was it, in Russia, right? Um, uh, yeah, for Zenit, yeah. So so he, he has potential, but it's just what mindset. Is he going to come over to Sporting to just, you know, sit there and get paid? Or if he's going to go over there with yeah. the mindset to win a, a position and to be uh, hungry. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you actually there. Uh, you've, you've hit the nail on the head actually. Perfect. Um, uh, Steph, I'll, I'll throw this next one to you. Um, but obviously, Nando, chime in if, you, if you'd want or I'll throw it off to you as well. Um, we just signed uh, Adrisa Dumbia of the Ivory Coast uh, for $2.8 million from Ak. Uh, Akmar Gronzny of Russia, a 60 million buyout clause. Um, he, he signed until 2024. Um, he's made 16 appearances. Um, he has a goal and assist so far this season. He wins about 1.4 tackles per game, a successful passing rate of 87%, which isn't that bad. Uh, he averages about one interception every game, um, 0.8 fouls per game. So let's just round that up a foul per game. Um, there was, let's see if there's another stat here. Uh, yeah, not, not much else besides that. He's a, he's, he looks like a decent ball winning midfielder that can pass the ball. What do you think of him? 20 years old. He is young. Um, thoughts on, on this new Dumbia we signed. Well, um, I think in, uh, in the, in the, in the future and that, there it is in the future, I think uh, he has a potential. He's not a sure thing. To be a great player, he's 20 years old. He doesn't know the Portuguese league. He doesn't know how it is to play with the, with the, the the Kaiser mentality. So we're looking at a young player that's potentially going to play what four games from now, five games from now, until he he adapts to the reality of of uh, the the Sporting, how big Sporting is, the Portuguese league, and all that. And and there it is. This is why I agree with Nando about Fabio Contrão. 
if we if we if we have five contrao, he'll just fit in because he has all that. Now this young kid, I know, I believe he has potential. On paper, he looks great, but now let's see him on the pitch. But you know as well as I do, he's not going to play against Morena. He's not going to play none of the derbies. So we'll see him play maybe sometime at the end of February, the beginning of March, maybe. So, and that's that's the problem with these acquisitions, which is not a bad one. It's a good one, but it's already thinking about 2019-2020. We're not. This is this player is not for 2019 season or 2018-19 season. It's more for 2019-2020, because if you play him too early, and he doesn't perform, what happens? He's going to be criticized, and then we break him. Because that's the way it is in Portugal. We don't have any patience. We have uh, very little patience. And about Luis Net, I'm just going to give uh, two seconds about that. I for sure, for sure. He'll, he'll be a good addition. He's not that old. He's 30 years old. But only if Mateo, Macho leaves or Andre Pinto or Kuat, I don't think he'll accept the role of being the fourth center back. No. I, I think, uh, yeah. So Macho, Monaco... Uh, said they were interested in him, but he agreed with uh, with our president that he would stay for the remaining of the season. And I believe Sporting already um, they uh, they uh, um, acted upon the clause to keep him until 2020. So I think he's staying until 2020. Yeah, yeah, his contract is until 2020. Yeah, 2020. But um, uh, but if Monaco pays the right amount of money, I think he'll go. I mean, he's French playing in France for a French team. That, that's pretty convincing for him. And then mm. if they still give him like two or three millions for him, that's that's a good deal for his age. Yeah. And then I think Luis, Luis Net will come. I think he'll be a, a, a good acquisition as a third string striker, better than uh, I don't want him at Sporting. He shitted it on us. You I was just about to bring up Yodi next. Okay, oh, but, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. Steph, keep talking, and then I'll throw it off to Nando. So. Go ahead. Yeah, anyway, anyway you know. We're so, on the same wavelength today, buddy. Yeah, Udumbi, I think <laughs> he'll be good, but I don't think he'll be he'll be ready for, for now. I think for 2019-20 season, with a nice preseason, nice and relaxing, uh, yes. And I hate to say it, but that's the way it's going to be with this young kid. Fair enough. Uh, Nando, quick, your quick thoughts on Dumbia before I ask you about uh, Yuri Medeiros as well. Nando? Yeah, can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, I yeah. did a little bit of what you did. I was talking to myself for a second there. <laughs> um, Dumbia, I don't know much other than the few highlights I've seen of him. Um, he looks promising. He looks like uh, Steph said that he uh, has the potential to um, turn into a very, very good player, if not a great player. Um, but Dumbia is not a now guy. He's not a guy that's going to solve our problems in the immediate unless he comes over here and immediately assimilates and everything just turns into as perfect case scenario as possible. And that's very unlikely. Um, so assuming that he's going to take time, given that he's 20 years old and that it's, he's going to have to learn our league, learn our language, learn our culture, and learn how we play and then the tiki-taki fouls that this uh, league is all about, 
Um, he's not he's not a guy that's going to give us immediate results. However, if he puts in the time and the effort and he sticks around the right people and he develops like we hope he does, um, then he's going to be a guy that's next season going to be a nice, fun addition and really somebody that we can look forward to. So I'm not going to say anything really about him other than the fact that he has potential. He didn't cost us a lot of money, really. Um, no. It's a very solid investment, um, assuming that 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 he should develop into something a lot greater. Uh, so, so yeah, that's fine. That, that seemed like a logical financial decision and a logical decision for the future of Sporting. Um, but for the immediate, for the immediate, um, I don't think he's going to do much for us. Fair enough. I, I do see both of your points. Um but uh, I, I remain a bit more optimistic, though I, I get the sentiments because it's not like Gerald has played any minutes since he's come back. But um, so, so I get your, your, your guys' frustration. But I think um, because I look at Gudeli and, and I don't see a player that's good in that defensive midfield role. And if this kid is, if, is, if this kid is what they're making him out to be and if, if his stat, looking at his stats, he looks decent, I think um, hopefully in the next two, three games at least or, or hopefully sooner somewhere in training he can he can show kaiser his worth and hopefully he can jump right in there but um anyways nando and stuff of course but um there's rumors of yuri madeirus possibly coming back to, to sporting uh he's only played three games on for genoa uh since they sacked their manager uh, of last season they now have prandelli um who doesn't really fancy him um thoughts should we keep him should we sell him should we play him what are your thoughts? So, I'm gonna jump in real quick, and and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, not only talk about him, but also talk about a guy like uh, like you just mentioned, Francisco Geraldes. Um, and I'm I'm gonna put them both in the same category because these guys have been something that a lot of Spartanistas have wasted a lot of their time, a lot of their breath, and a lot of um have a lot of emotions towards. Um, first off, about Ludo Medeiros, if he comes back, uh. And he, all he does is uh, play the role that he's played in the past, which is bounce around teams and not get minutes. Um, then there's no point in coming back. Uh, obviously, new coach, uh, probably new mindset. We all know he has talent. We all know that he's young. He's 24 years of age. Um, but at what point, okay, because we're talking 24 now, at what point does he and a guy like Francisco uh, Geraldes go from – a promising potential player to something that we can actually take advantage of and um, utilize. I mean, Gerald's is 23, Medeiros is 24. These are guys that we've all been crying for. So I, I don't want to sound pessimistic. I don't want to sound like, um, uh, you know, that things didn't go against them because we all know the stories that, that they've, they've had to go through, especially with Spartan and previous coaches. But why is it that they themselves can't get time where they end up playing? The only ones that got really, truly a lot of time was, for example, Madeiros with uh, Boavista. Um, but you look at Gerald's, I mean, Gerald's did nothing where he was in Germany. And he also did nothing at previous destinations. So you start to wonder, is it a Spartan problem or is it now starting to become a mental problem, a player problem? You know what I mean? So I I want to say that, yeah, man, bring him over. He's not going to cost us a lot of money. And uh, he also knows Ushkan Zakaza, and hopefully he's hungry to show. But 
at what point do we go like, all right, man, enough's enough, enough opportunities because you're not 18 and 17 anymore. You're not 19 and 20. You're, you're not, you know, over here playing with the Portuguese under 21. You're not well, like, what's up? At some point you got to go from promessa to, mm-hmm. you know, it's current. It's, it's now. Yeah. Fair enough. And, and they are at that age too. Um, though uh, I, I, I'm still, I still remain optimistic on Gerald like simply because of uh, his, his time at Riwav last season, though definitely the Frankfurt has scared me a bit. Steph, quickly off to you. Um, Yuri Medeiros, should we loan him out, sell him, play him? Uh, he is, I think, a little too old for the Sub-23, so I don't even think we can play him there. Um, and Gerald as well, if, since we're on the topic. Steph, what are your thoughts? Okay, yeah, I'll be quick about it. So, uh, uh, Yuri Medeiros, I would sell him. Uh, he, he has had enough opportunities. He went to Geneva. He's not playing in Geneva. It's not a sporting problem. It's yeah. a it's a work it's a for me it's a work ethics. Um, he's the the kind of uh, midfielder, offensive midfielder that doesn't like to run back. And in nowadays in modern soccer, that's a no a no no. Now you have to run back and forth. You can just sit play midfield offensively. Imaginada. You have to go back, back and forth. You have to pressure. And I think that's that's the problem with, with the Yuri Medeiro. Eu gosto muito de ficar à frente, mas quando é para ir para trás, está quieto. And uh, Chico Geraldo is the same thing. He's a small player. And um, and if he doesn't give it all, and the coach is expecting him to do high pressure and to play defensively, um, you, I know we have a number six, but the, num- the number six is not going to be able to cover the whole midfield. He's relying on the number eight also to help him. Uh, do you guys agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, number eight has right. to begin the pressure, and the number six, hopefully, he'll get the, the, the balls, the recuperators balls. But <laughs> And that's the problem I see with Yuri Medeiro and Chico Seraldo is they, they love to play offensively, but defensively they suck. And if they don't want to change their attitude, then then coaches, they're not going to rely on them. They're going to bench them. Like they've been benching Germany, they've been benching Italy, and they were benching Portugal. We thought it was Jorge Jesus, but it wasn't. It's a, it's a, it's the players themselves change the fucking mentality and and play defensively and offensively or offensively and defensively, and I think that's that's the the uh, the their Achilles. It's they had to play defensively, but in the 21st century, a complete player plays offensively and defensively. At least your space, the space you control. You have you have to do pressure on, on uh, within your space. You can't be lazy. And I think those two players, as much as I like them, they kind of lazy. That's it. Right. I would, I would, I would sell him. I would sell him. He's, he's a good player for Guimarães, Umbraga, and there's there's players like that. They'll they'll never be good enough for Sporting or Porto Benfica, but they 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 perfect for Guimarães or Umbraga or uma equipa assim. Look at Isgaio. He's doing well at Braga, but at Sporting, he wasn't that good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. Though, I think he's a guy who got the short end of the stick for George Zeus for some reason. 
wanted to play Ziegler instead of Vizgayu. But uh, but no, I see I see your point. I, I would I would do the same for at least Yuri. I would definitely loan Yuri out because right now we definitely can't sell him. Because I think we loan him out. Sorry, go. No, but why? Why? Why did he play only three games? That's the question yeah, of the exactly, game. exactly. No, I agree. I think we we loan him out definitely just to try to get some value. Unless he does anything outstanding, we we look to sell him for sure. Exactly because uh, uh, he's he's not going to cost us anything. He's our player still. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it, you know, it brings some sadness to me because I like Yuri. Uh, I, you know, I wanted an I wanted an Asturian to really. Outshine here in Spartan, but you know it is what it is. Um, anyways, um, let's go off to the modalidades before we uh, wrap it up here. Um, this weekend, a lot of a lot of tough results, um, but some good ones as well. Um, we uh, we we lost for the Super VT Trish against Riwav one nothing. Uh, bitter pill to swallow. If if we had won that game, we would have moved up to first, but now we stay um, in, in in second. Uh, for the football feminina, um, the the B team beat Damiens three nothing, and the senior team beat Club Football Benfica, not the actual Benfica, but uh, a different team, two uh, one. Um, in futsal, uh, the seniors uh, lost to Atletico FC in penalties. Um, it was tied three three. We lost five four in penalties. Uh, that was for the Tasa Portugal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, right stuff, you know. Futsal, am I still on? That was the league. Cup. Oh, league cup. Sorry. Um, and then for the femininos, uh, futsal, we beat Belenish six three. Um, in handball, uh, the B team beat Almu Almu Sejim. Sorry. League cup. League cup. Yeah, sorry, I got the two confused. Um, Spartan beat Al Kujim 39 to 25. Sorry if I butchered that. The League um, Cup. Uh, for the hockey. League. Steph? The League Cup. Right. Uh, where was I? Um, for hockey in Petinj, uh, we lost 5-7 to Passos de Arcos, um, right after the Clásico, uh, but bitter pill to swallow. For volleyball, the seniors beat uh, Mamed, uh, 3-0, and then also beat Ginastica, CM Ginastica, 3-0. Um, for table tennis de mesa, Another another Sporting victory, another Sporting. Uh, we won the Taça Portugal in, in tennis de mesa. Um, for rugby, the seniors beat ba Bairada seventeen nothing and Cascais rugby fifteen nothing. Um, I think atletismo. We we did bits as always, but that's just so much to go through. And in esports, we beat Academica one nothing. Um, all right, I and that is it. We have no Twitter questions this week. Disappointed with you guys over our Twitter. Um, anyways, guys, any last words to say, Steph, Nando? 
I mean, on my end, it's uh, it was an interesting week of, of or I should say, a interesting two games for Sporting. I mean, we pretty much saw our season go goodbye um, for the Campeonato, but in terms of other competitions, we're very much in it in all fronts. So we'll see how Sporting approaches this second half of their season. I think this is going to be... I can't hear you, Steph, but you're cutting up on me. Steph? Anyways, go ahead, Nando. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying it's going to be interesting to see how Kaiser handles this second half of the season because worst-case scenario, let's say we, we bomb everything, we don't do well in anything, we don't win anything, do you bring him back? You know what I mean? Yeah. If he wins things, then obviously that's a good indication going forward. But if he bombs things, given the fact that we're in semifinals of two competitions, we're still in it in the Europa, and we can still finish at least second place for the Campeonato, that's a lot of uh, of stuff to look forward to. You know what I mean? Especially for him going forward to next season. For sure. Um, I actually forgot to ask you guys for the prediction. But uh, quick, uh, Nando, our next game is against uh, Mureirense, I believe. Mureirense at home. Predictions on that. Um, Sporting wins 2-0. 2-0 at home. Steph, are you still with us? You were breaking up a bit. Uh, I think we lost Steph, guys. Um, eh, eh? Yeah. Steph, you're back. Yep. Uh, predictions on, on what it is, bro. You were breaking up on us a bit. Okay, so before we go on with uh, predictions... Uh, uh, the uh, under 19, they won 12 1 against Bolins. Oh, so fun. yeah, and uh, also today our volleyball team won 4 nothing, four sets to nil against the Turkish team. So we made it to the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup to a uh, tournament. Uh, so that's significant because uh, when we lost in Turkey 3 nothing, no one believed that we could come back and we did today. So kudos to our volleyball team. Uh, being the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup after 20 years of being absent is something else. Um, against Mudeines, uh I would play Bas Dos, by the way. I don't agree with you guys. Couldn't lose fleet, but I think it's too early. Lose I agree with fleet. you, by the way. Yeah. Bas Dos is Bas Dos. Uh, is Mojo will come back. Um, but Luis Felipe is right there now. We could see with that shot off uh, off the box, outside the box. Wow, that was a missile. Yeah. So... The kid is not shy to show what he's got, but Bas Dos is still my man. Um, and I think we win against Mureirens. I'll say, uh, hey, you know what? I'll say 2 nothing, 2 nothing. Fair enough. I'll agree with you, Inando, as well. I'll go for a 2 nothing win. I agree. I think Bas Dos should play. Um, I think my main concerns are when it comes to big games because um, he tends to go missing. But us neither here nor there. We're here to talk about Mureirens. It's 2 nothing. another 2 nothing win with me, for me. Um. Anyways, guys, any last words? No, man. I think we covered everything. I think so too, Steph. No, uh, Vivo Sporting. Vivo Sporting, guys. Thanks Vivo for tuning Sporting. in. Um. Yeah, guys. Vivo Sporting. Ciao. Ciao, bacalhau.